Welcome back to the Viking Update Show, part of TalkNorth.com. I'm here with John Krasinski. I'm Jim Suhan. Our producer is Brandon Morton. Thank you for listening to the network. We recommend subscribing at your favorite podcast app. It is free. It is easy. You can always find the shows and the archives at TalkNorth.com. And follow us on Twitter at TalkNorthPod. See all the shows as they were released and information on our live shows. Thanks again for listening. Uh, let's get let's start off with the Calvin Ridley gambling punishment because there's so many layers to this. There's so many tentacles to this. And I understand the gut reaction from so many people. Hey, the NFL is in bed with gambling organizations. They're they're trying to get as many billions of dollars out of the gambling industry as possible. They have a team in Las Vegas. This is completely hypocritical of them to crack down on a player placing low-level bets. The problem is it's not that simple, John. and, you know, someone who's written about, reported on, talked to a million people about Pete Rose during my baseball years. One, if a player does something horrible, you know, domestic assault, uh, murdering somebody, I mean, carrying a gun, whatever it might be, that that's terrible, right? And that player should be punished. But an individual crime does not cast into doubt the sanctity of of the league and its games. Right. Gambling casts into doubt the sanctity of the league and the games. The one thing a professional sports league can't do is have people think that there's a player who might be motivated to shave points or throw a game or might lose so much gambling, they end up in the pockets of the mob or organized crime where that group can force them to shave points or lose a game. So I'm sympathetic. I, I, I think it's a horrible penalty for Ridley to have to pay for a small transgression. But I also understand that the league has to protect its image in that way. Yeah. It, I mean, I did not have an issue really with the punishment much at all, Jim, because for that very reason. Um, you know, they we will absolutely and I definitely want to get into the hypocrisy involved and the message sending involved by the league getting into bed with the gambling community the way that it has um, and what kind of message that may send to players and all those things um, eventually in this podcast. And I think we can hit on that in a little bit. But at the start of it, to preface all of the concerns that I have from that angle, I do want to say that I think that the league had to act forcefully in this situation for a couple of reasons. One is because the gambling element is going to only get larger around the league, around the NBA, around the NHL, around everything else in pro sports over the next several years, um, the, the, the kind of chances that athletes will get involved in these things only increases. Um, And so the, the league has to be vigilant in terms of understanding uh, and sending strong messages of what is okay and what is not okay. Number two, because Calvin Ridley says that all he did was bet $1,500 on a game or two um, while he was not playing, while he was on a leave of absence, maybe he is the uh, telling the God's honest truth and maybe that's it. But usually when a person you know, kind of gets caught in a gambling type of situation like this, you wonder, like, is this the first time you've done this? Like, is this exactly, you know, is is this all there is to it? 
Um, and because even though Calvin Ridley was caught, there's got to be others. They would be way naive of us to believe that there are not other players who are gambling on these games and just either doing it, you know, more uh, stealthily uh, through a third party, kind of figuring ways out around it to couch it and get some money on these things. And so when you have someone caught red handed, you have to throw the book at them. And you have to make it clear, like, look, this is what you stand to lose if you start going about this this way. And so from that aspect of it, just the the simple punishment of it, I do think that the league was right to really come down hard. Because I do think this this kind of suspension is going to get the attention of players and 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 maybe there will still be some that still do it. And, and still try and get around it and, 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 and be sneaky with it. But I think that there are probably a lot of others who may have been thinking about it or are dabbling in it right now that say, holy cow, like this is not worth it. I'm going to I'm not I'm not going to mess with this and stop. This was a very clear, very high profile um, sentencing and and it's going to reverberate throughout the league and and I think act as a deterrent, which is what I think the league wants and what what it had to do. And, and you're making a great point. If he says he bet fifteen hundred, then you know you might might be able to add a zero or two to that. And mm-hmm. you know I was covering baseball. I had a lot of good sources around the league. A lot of people, and I knew some people who dealt with the Pete Rose investigations. And you'd always hear from fans, even intelligent fans. We've even seen it lately. You know, last Hall of Fame voting cycle. Oh, you got to put Pete Rose in. Good Lord. I mean, the one rule, the one inviolate rule in Major League Baseball was you cannot bet on baseball. It was the biggest, it was the rule that was posted by every clubhouse door. It was the one thing. I mean, listen, steroids are bad, right? But when you take steroids, you're actually trying to perform better for yourself and your team. It's wrong, but we all understand the motivation. All pro athletes, especially baseball players, are always looking for that edge, and some of them will, are willing to cross over that line to get that edge. Betting is different. Pete Rose bet on baseball while he was a manager. He bet on his team while he was a manager. Well, if you bet on your team to win on Monday and don't bet for your team to win on Tuesday, what are you going to do? You're going to sell out to win the game on Monday in a way that might end up hurting your team down the line. You cannot have it. I also believe, from my conversations, that Pete Rose bet against his team. But even if he didn't, betting on your team is just as problematic. It really is. You cannot have it in your sport. And the people who want to just say, as I've heard so many baseball fans say, oh, no big deal. You know, he wasn't betting against the team. He can, it, it's, it's overblown. No, you cannot. And the other thing is, Pete Rose, I really do believe, got so in debt that he was vulnerable to manipulation from organized crime. You can't have that near your sport. Yeah, you, you absolutely can. And I would say, Jim, too, that um, back then when Pete Rose was kind of tangled up in that, gambling was much more a black market, seedy underbelly, you know, a little bit harder to access type of a thing. You could, I mean, it, you could go and find it if you wanted it. It's, it was, it wasn't like, you know, impossible, but it was just not the part of, of the everyday lexicon, normal kind of fabric of sporting life that it has become 
over the last several years here, which I think only makes it more imperative that leagues do send really strong messages that way because some of their actions can be perceived by players, by fans, by you know everyone else as a tacit endorsement of the venture itself. And I'm not, I have no, I don't gamble, Jim, but I, I don't have any qualms with people gambling if they choose to do so. I don't have any real qualms necessarily with leagues who want to, you know, profit off of gambling companies getting involved in, in advertising and things like that. But if you are going to open this door and you are really literally climbing into bed with these gambling uh, agencies and, and, and essentially endorsing them and signing off on what they do, then you have to be overly communicative on what is acceptable and what isn't from your players. Um, because it is going to be very, very easy for players to watch a game on Sunday night football after their game that day and see a thousand ads for DraftKings or BetMGM or any of these gambling companies and say, well, the league thinks this is okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and do that. Um, you know, that's, that is the going to be the temptation out there for a lot of them. This is not something where you got to go down to a local dive bar and find a bookie and, and, and kind of go through things. It's so easy to do it on your phone. It's so easy to do it um, on the computer, whatever, that the league is going to have to be overly vigilant in making sure that they don't lose more of their players to these kinds of things. Because once you get, you know, more than a couple um, involved in these things in high profile ways, it really does erode the the integrity of the game, the 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 belief by fans that the outcomes are true and honest. And that's the bedrock of what professional sports are. So um yeah, I you know I, I think that it these are times where you're opening that door and so you gotta make sure that um everyone is clear with the expectations and the rules involved in this and the consequences that come if you break those rules. The other part of it is if you're betting on that league, you're betting on your team, you're trying to use insider information, which is another mm -hmm. no, no. Uh, I, I will say this. I think you should get, I think that his penalty should be reduced by like a week or two just because he was smart enough to bet against Urban Meyer and that <laughs> should be rewarded. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I mean, it, yeah, he was not being reckless with these bets. Like he was, oh, he very was smart taking the bet. smart money. Like it's really an investment is what it is more than a bet uh, in, in that case. But, um, but I mean, going to the other side of it though, Jim, like looking at, here's what I, you know, what I said uh, when it came out on Monday was I understand the punishment. I do. But I still do have a real problem with the sanctimony in the statement by Roger Goodell. Like to kind of cast Calvin Ridley as as the worst person in the world, and how dare you besmirch like the 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 this clean and wonderful game that we're all having, um, and that we all are participating in. That made me want you just get nauseous. 
it, yep. what you need to do in that situation is just say, this is very important. These are very strong rules that are in place. There is a zero tolerance policy and we are acting on it to make, to send a message of what is and what isn't acceptable. Sitting on the soapbox and, and, and acting like you have constructed this utopia of moral clarity with the game and Calvin Ridley dared to put his smudgy hands on your white sofa is ridiculous. Like that is where I have no patience for the NFL because they did choose to open this door. They did choose to take this money. And in doing so, they also have to deal with the consequences of that, just like the players do. No doubt about it. We're recording this on Tuesday morning, and as we were talking about Calvin Ridley, we had some more news come down, which is Aaron Rodgers agreeing to a four-year, $200 million contract to make him the highest-paid player in NFL history and stay with the Green Bay Packers. $153 million of that guaranteed. His cap number goes down. Uh, so it's a remarkable deal that, of course, has implications uh, for the division and the Vikings. Let's get to that. We do want to uh, first thank our sponsors uh, speaking of big money or any kind of money, uh, big banks aren't the only ones with mobile apps and convenient financial services. I'd like to tell you about StarBank. StarBank is an independent community bank in Minnesota. They're family owned and treat customer relationships as a top priority. You're not a customer number at StarBank and they have no call center. It's just banking how it should be. A throwback to the good days. Mobile app, check, convenient services, you got it. Check out StarBank for yourself. For deposits and lending solutions, work with the local community bank that cares. StarBank.net, member FDIC and equal housing lender. We would also like to thank longtime Talk North and uh, Ron Shower Productions sponsor, Aquarius Home Services. Hey, it's Russo over at the Worst Seats in the House podcast. Did you know that Aquarius Home Services is your one-stop shop for all your home service needs? That's right. Aquarius Home Services is your complete home service provider dedicated to providing the highest quality water treatment, plumbing, heating, cooling, and electrical services. They pride themselves on providing superior five-star quality service. They respect you, your time, and your home with attention to details that really make a difference. If you or anyone you know have questions or concerns about your water heating and cooling, plumbing or electrical, Aquarius Home Services is here to help. Visit AquariusHomeServices.com for more details. And don't forget to mention Russo sent you. One more sponsor note, Lavelle Neal and myself will do a chin music baseball show uh, to commiserate or to celebrate whatever it might be. Seven o'clock, March 26th at 11 Wells Distillery in St. Paul. Uh, great, all Minnesota grains, Minnesota products, uh, whiskey, rum, liqueurs, all kinds of great stuff, cocktails, cool space. We're going to have a blast. Come out and visit us. Also, if you go to Eleven Wells anytime, mention Chin Music uh, to get a buy one, get one deal on drinks. Uh, highly recommend the place and that deal. All right. So Rogers is staying put. And I have so many mixed emotions about Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. And, and frankly, I'm, I'm sick of Aaron Rodgers in general, but I guess I'm glad that he has a long-term deal. So we're not going to, well, I can't say that. I was about to, John, I almost said something really stupid. I almost said maybe we'll see less <laughs> drama out of Aaron Rodgers. I'm not sure that's possible. Yeah, that's, I don't think that we should count on that part of it for sure. Um, it is very interesting though, right, Jim? I mean, um, you know, this looked like it was headed for a divorce. It looked inevitable. Um, so I will be interested to hear Aaron Rodgers' thoughts on this. I hope that he doesn't go with the 
I always wanted to be here. This was always home and they're, you know, fake news and all this stuff, like, because we know that that's not the truth. Um, but, um, I think it, it says two things. One is, yeah, I mean, it, you know, Aaron Rodgers is still playing at an incredibly high level, and and so the Packers are smart to lock him up. Aaron Rodgers is probably smart to stay with the Packers because they're very talented and figure to be favorites to go deep into the playoffs every year for the next few years with the roster that they have assembled. But also I do think it's a absolute um, referendum on where Jordan Love is, right? I yep. mean – you know, if if they had any confidence that he was really up to the task of replacing Aaron Rodgers and who really is up to it. But like just in terms of being a very good starting quarterback in this league, I don't think that the, the Packers would have put up with it. They did not put up with it with Brett Favre because they had Aaron Rodgers behind him. Um, they do not have another, uh, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers behind Aaron Rodgers now clearly they they have their doubts about what Jordan Love is and what he will be and so they said we're going to take the elite quarterback and deal with the drama that comes with it because he's just that good and maybe Jordan Love just isn't that good no doubt about it uh and good lord so do you think Rodgers returning and locking in long term should alter the Vikings approach or philosophy? Does this make it any more likely that they say, okay, maybe we're going to kind of reset and rebuild here? Or do you think that this group is coming in wanting to win on day one? You know, for me, Jim, I don't know that it would change my attitude one way or the other. Like, I think that they have to make their decisions based on where they are with their roster, with their vision for the long-term future, sort of independent of what is going on in Green Bay because, you know, we have seen the Vikings when they are um, rolling, when they're playing well, when they're coached well, when they have, you know, when they have talent around them, they can beat Aaron Rodgers. They've done it. And oh, by the way, Aaron Rodgers loses in the playoffs on the regular. So like this is not a Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City moment. You know, this isn't like, you know, while Aaron Rodgers is incredible, he's an unbelievably talented quarterback. Um, They are a Green Bay is a very, very good team. This is not the Golden State Warriors adding Kevin Durant to Steph Curry, Draymond Green and Klay Thompson. This is not making the Packers unbeatable at all because they have been beaten and beaten often um, with this current construction. And so you would only expect that. Aaron Rodgers eventually over the next couple of years will decline in production, um, you know, and not be what he once was. And so what does that mean for everything? I think the door is open. I, you know, I, I, if the, if the Vikings still want to go for it and think they have a viable plan to go for it, they should absolutely go for it. Um, But uh, if they decided to back off and start over, I would have no problem with that either, but I just wouldn't let, the Aaron Rodgers Packers marriage continuing influenced me one bit because they are beatable. Um, and we've seen it happen over and over again. Yep. Good point. And there are multiple, I mean, it's not like you have to win your division to get to the playoffs. And we've seen wildcard teams make yep. runs uh, playing well at the end of the season, being healthy at the right time is as important as being, you know, dominant all season. And I mean, I, I just, you know, I wrote about it recently. I mean, Rogers, he, he is, a great, great player, and I don't trust him on any front or any level, and that includes I don't tr- includes trusting him in big games. How I mean, how can you trust him? Like that's what I wonder. Like how can you? 
because for all for all the time that he has spent in Green Bay, they've won one Super Bowl. Great, much more than the Vikings. Packer fans, I get that. Like they're, they're and they've had more kind of consistent success than the Vikings and getting to NFC title games and things like that. But they still lose them. Like they get into these games, they get into these big moments, they get they they play at home and they lose. Like to me, the the recipe for the Vikings, if they kind of keep this current construction in their offense, is to win just enough games to get into the playoffs and then have a road game at Green Bay in the playoffs. Like, <laughs> you don't want Aaron Rodgers in the US Bank Stadium in the playoffs where it's nice and warm. You want him out in the cold where he struggles. And and so like I, that that's that would be my pathway for it. And so, um, you know, for all of the success that the Packers have had with elite quarterbacks over the last whatever it is, 25 years with Favre and Rodgers, to me that they only years. have won. Yeah, 30 years that they have only won one Super Bowl. Right. I mean, well, one with each or, one with each. Sorry. Two Super yeah. Bowls in that span and and only been to what three right because Brett Favre went to two Rodgers went to one right yep am I missing that's three in 30 years that's incredible with the high caliber of quarterback that you have had and part of that is Rodgers part of that is maybe some other roster things that have come up over the years but um he is not bulletproof by any stretch of the imagination especially as he gets older I mean he's going to be what 40 one at the end of this deal, like, is that going to scare me as much? No, I, I don't think so. So um, I, I, you know, he is, he's incredible. I, I do think the Packers have done a really good job of building a roster around him, um, but they lose games in big moments. That's what they do. Now, credit to them for getting to those big moments consistently and having the opportunity, but they lose those games. So uh, that's the way that I'd look at it if I'm the Vikings. The other thing is, as you're pointing out, uh, listen, it's easy to say, hey, uh, Tom Brady excelled at whatever, 48, you know, 59 mm-hmm. years old or whatever he is. And, have, you know, now we're in an era where older quarterbacks can absolutely thrive. Uh, well, he's the greatest of all time. He's also a stationary quarterback who only needs to move, you know, here and there in the pocket to be effective. Aaron Rodgers is great in, and he is at his best when he's on the move. Uh, when he's yes. running, when he's scrambling, when he's making creative plays. Of course, he's a good pocket passer, but he's a better player when he gets out of the pocket. And that skill will diminish over time. It, it absolutely will. Um, also, like I always have a reluctance to compare someone to the anomaly, right? Yep. Like to the one instance. Like, And look, no one is a bigger Ricky Rubio guy than I am. And, but, you know, whenever we would talk about his shooting and maybe the possibility of it improving over the years, well, Jason Kidd turned into a right. really good shooter later in his career. He's like the one, like, mm-hmm. the, the, like there's not a, a ton of guys that way. Tom Brady is the most unbelievable kind of athlete that we have seen in the way that he takes care of his body, in the way that he has this singular determination to be great. Like you see Rogers and I'm not even begrudging it. I, I I have no issue with it. He seems to have other interests. Like I, I don't know that this is the be all and end all for him. And 
I think that's fine. Be enlightened to be, be, be doing, but that's different than Brady. And oh, get, oh, by the way, Brady, as he got older, moved south, like, mm-hmm. and got into a warm weather climate. Um, and, and that changes the way that your body responds as well. When you get older, um, your, your body does not handle the cold as well. And so like all of those elements combined with Rogers needing a little bit more mobility, I think his arm is going to, that thing is going to be like Jeff George and throw, you know, 55 yard bombs on a rope, um, for a long, long time. I'm not worried about the arm wearing out at all, but all of the other things around it, I think are worthy of discussion and just because one quarterback in the history of the world has, you know, gone into his, you know, mid forties and been really successful. Um, I'm not going to say that that's the absolute path for Aaron Rodgers, too. Yeah. And the other thing is, uh, I, I don't really particularly like Brady or Rogers on a personal level or, a, you know, from a fan mm-hmm. point of view, uh, they're both way too calculating for me. But I think Brady's a smarter guy than Rodgers, too. Oh, I mean, yeah, I think I think so. I mean, I guess I, I what I would just say is I, I think that Brady just puts more time into his craft. Um, and um, that is kind of I mean, that's just always what separated Brady from everyone else in in the field is that. He attacks it both in taking care of his body and of studying the game, of studying the opponents, of finding weaknesses, of understanding the strengths of his team to a degree that is light years ahead of anyone else who's ever played the position. Rodgers, while I think I do think he's a smart guy, um, but I do think that his physical talent is so overwhelming. He is more physically talented than Tom Brady is. Oh, no I doubt. Think, right? No doubt. And and so, I, but I, I think like it looks like he's been able to kind of get by on that physical talent for longer and more than Brady. Brady had to squeeze every little drop out of him that he could. and And so he had to find every little edge that he could in the way that he went about preparing for the game and, and all of those things, Rogers with this overwhelming physical talent, maybe hasn't had to put in that as much time that way. Maybe he will evolve in that. Maybe he will do more of that as his physical talent diminishes a little bit over the next couple of years. And maybe he'll make that adjustment. I don't know, but we haven't seen him do that yet. And it does seem like in big spots, um, Rodgers has sort of failed to meet the moment, certainly a lot more than Brady. And maybe some of that is from the preparation, from the understanding of the concepts from, from all of that. Um, But, you know, again, you know, we're we're comparing him to the greatest of all time, but um, Rodgers has the talent to be that. And, you know, there, there are little things that separate. And I think that's a a big thing for the, uh, for the for for uh, Tom Brady, and it, it hasn't been as much of a, a part of Aaron Rodgers' game. Thanks again to StarBank, StarBank.net, and Aquarius Home Services. Uh, last topic for today, just the NFL people just got through the combine. The draft is really not that far away, and the Vikings have 
a fairly high draft pick. Any thoughts on what they might, could, or should do? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I for one, Jim, would be absolutely in the camp that says if you like a quarterback – at 12, if there's one that you really, really like, not a Christian Ponders situation where, well, he's on the board and we need to take a quarterback, but one that you think can develop into a future, you know, 10, 12 year starter in this league. I think you take him like, and, and you worry about the other stuff later. Um, you know, if it's Malik Willis, you know, if, if it's, if it's someone else on their board and they say, this is the guy who we can develop behind cousins for a year or maybe two at the most, and let them then turn over the reins. Um, that's what I would do. Now, if you talk to some, and if you read like some of the scouting and and some of the handicapping of this draft, there are some people who believe that there isn't a quarterback that is worthy of that designation. And so, in that case, I do think um, you know they have so many kind of needs. Uh, that I, I don't know that there's a way that they could go wrong. They are reshaping the way their defense looks from 4-3 to 3-4. You're going to need different linebackers. You're going to need different defensive linemen. You're going to need defensive backs, like all of those things. Um, so I think they could go into it and stay flexible um, if they've decided that that there's not a quarterback out there that they really, really like. But if they're sitting at 12 and Malik Willis or whoever is there and they think he can be a star – I would take him and not think twice. No doubt about it. If they really like Pickett or Willis, take yep. him. Uh, and I think Willis is the guy who's going to shoot up the draft board. I just think. Uh, and it sounds like it. I saw some projections at two or something now, and that happens yeah. in these drafts, you know. So maybe, maybe that, maybe that won't be the case. Or, but yeah, if Pickett is there, you know, um, something like that. That's that's another thing to watch for. But it, yeah, I think. Like as the draft approaches, there's always a quarterback who everyone falls in love with. It was Baker Mayfield. It was, you know, several others that just kind of rocket up out of nowhere, it seems like. And maybe Willis is that guy this year. And I was wrong about Baker Mayfield, by the way. I thought he was worthy of the number one pick, and I was Same. wrong. I was yep, wrong. Yep. I loved his attitude. I loved his I I, I loved I I love the swagger. I love all that. And boy, it has not worked out in Cleveland. It has not. And we know what's going to happen. The Vikings are going to take a cornerback, so we make a lot of Mike Zimmer <laughs> jokes on, on draft day. Hey, that's all I'm here for. Just just give me material that I can crack jokes. <laughs> that's that's, all. That, we that, are that's selfish all, bastards. We just want no to be able to make fun of these teams. It's all we're about. A hundred percent. That's exactly it, Jim. Uh, that's why people hate us. <laughs> we'll end it there.